What's up, everyone? Happy Tuesday, December 21st on this episode of Lockdown Cavs. I'm Chris Manning. Evan Daniels with me. We have a special guest from WKYC from East Bank, Cleveland. It's Danny Cunningham. We're going to talk about an article he wrote for WKYC about three Cavs trade targets, specifically Buddy Heald, Cam Reddish, and Karis LeVert. Uh, we're going to dive into deep on them and, and get into all that. By, by the way, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms that include YouTube, where we'd really just like you to subscribe and help us get to a thousand by Christmas. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps save you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need, and even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. A bit of housekeeping news. We're recording this on Sunday. So if there is something that has changed, if something has, if a trade by chance has happened, if there's another COVID situation, there'll be a little topper on the top of this, and then we dove into the episode. So we don't know that now. We're not, we can't see in the future, unfortunately. But Danny, happy, happy, happy Tuesday. Tuesday. Thank you. How are you? Very, very beautiful Tuesday here in Cleveland. Yeah, snowy. It's Christmas week. It's good times. What's up, buddy? Not much. Just living the dream, Chris. That that's good to hear, Uh, Evan. As we get into this, how are you? I'm good, Danny. What was the name of the little fellow that was by you while Chris was uh, getting through that cold open there? Oh, that'd be Joey. Okay, okay. See, Chris, you need to get a cat. So, because my (laughs) cat, you can see his bulbous body, like right there. Just oh yeah! So all three of us can have one at the same time. I, not a cat guy. If if a pet happens, it's 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 going to be a dog situation. See Finnegan, I told you he was just patronizing you whenever he calls you a king. No, I think Finnegan's a king. I am just <laughs> I I am just not a cat. I I personally am just not a cat person. Finnegan though is a king. Evan, you you don't know this because you haven't gotten it yet. But the Christmas card coming your way. It's just to you and Finnegan. I we and that was Leanne's choice. Leanne was like, I want to include Finnegan. What's his cat's name? I had to look it you, up on Instagram. You and everybody else are addressing it to me and Finnegan, and I sign everything from Finnegan. So, well, okay, well, that's 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 not an issue for this spot. Danny, let's get into some trade options. Um, I I want to just start big picture with a thing because I the guy we're gonna talk about first, Buddy Healed, is frankly the one on the list that I kind of have the least interest in because he's okay. just financially like it's just very complicated. And my general thought with the Cavs on trades is just kind of this. It's very hard to find trades that make sense financially because of salary matching, because of I, I don't think this team should go in the luxury tax like they could because the Gilberts are very rich, but like it doesn't make sense finance like competitively to like start doing that now. Healed would like clearly fit to me, right? Like shooting, lots sure. of shooting at volume. Yes. I think of the three, he's a little bit of the one where I'm a I, I get a little concerned. I also like don't think I would like some people have wondered, okay. Like, you know, have, have kind of looked at Tristan as like, he'd be a good fourth, fifth big on this KFC. Like, just considering what Tristan's making, I wouldn't, I think even a deal to include Tristan as like a two, two coming back kind of thing would be another thing that's complicated. And he's making like a big chunk of change. So this is, this yeah. is the one where like, I love, if you could get in a world where you didn't have to salary match, you could just like pay a fee and bring him over or like dump a small salary and, and do the Kings of solid in that way. Like, you didn't have to do the salary matching business. He would make more sense, but the realities of the Cavs cap sheet and stuff—it's a little tricky to me to envision how you kind of pragmatically get this done. 
Yeah, it, it's certainly a tricky one to work out financially. And when I wrote this, I was more so doing it based on the fit of these guys as opposed to yes. – and the availability where I, I think oh, all he, three guys that I mentioned – and Buddy Heald's at the Buddy, top of the list because he's probably the most available we, of the we, three guys. We thought he I, – I think everyone in the in the world thought he was going to be a, a Laker based on yeah, the last yeah. one. Like we thought he was traded, yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I did it more so on availability and fit as opposed to the actual cap mechanics. So it, it would be a complicated thing. And really, before we dive into Heald, I, I the Tristan Thompson stuff, I don't see him coming back as part of a trade. I, I It's hard for me to figure how that one will work. Now, if he gets bought out later in the season, I could see that potentially. You know, the, the whole coming home story, that could be a fun, fun aside as he – wraps up his career as a backup big man on a fun Cavs team and gets to be where he had his best days. But as far as healed goes, I think adding the shooting and yeah, of course you'd like him to be a little bit bigger and be a little bit more comfortable on the wing as a defender, but he's having a down year for Sacramento shooting. But I think that a change of scenery would put him right back up to his career norms where he's a a 40% shooter from deep, which is something the Cavs could absolutely use um, on the floor with Darius Garland at times. Um, And even on the floor with that big lineup too, it it just adds more spacing. And furthermore, you know, Teddy Osman has been awesome as of late, but I have my questions how long this is going to keep up. I know he's more comfortable in his role this season and there's been more communication between the coaching staff and him, and he kind of knows what has is expected of him on a regular basis, and that's something he has credited to being better this season. But I, and maybe I'm wrong for this, but I just don't know if I can expect that to keep up forever. If I can ex- expect him to yeah. be as good as he's been the rest of this season. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I just we're. I think if you ask Chris and I, I absolutely agree with both of your guys' points, especially what Chris said, if like if money wasn't an option, I would welcome Buddy Buckus to Cleveland with open arms. But it's not just because because in theory he makes perfect sense with the Cavs here right now. He provides shot creation, provides three point shooting, which is something huge that they really need. In theory, he fits next to Garland really well right now, even though the Cavs are kind of making it weirdly work. I mean, they made it work uh, Sunday or Saturday night, excuse me, because this is Tuesday. Uh, with Lamar Stevens starting at the two for a little bit, then Ricky Rubio taking his place as well. But it's a real concerning need for this Cavs team because there are going to be nights and Darius Garland gets clamps thrown on him because Drew Holiday didn't. Drew Holiday did not play for Milwaukee on Saturday night, but if he did, he'd be focusing his entire defensive efforts on Darius, and Darius would not have had the night he had. And and, and defensively, we saw the first time he's played, he has to then like defend him on the other end of the floor, and that just became a problem. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So it's just it's a two-ended issue right there with Darius. So if Darius is slowed down, who are you going to turn to to get you instant offense or easy buckets like that? And yeah, Buddy makes a lot of sense in that regard. But it's not just this year with the money that's tricky. It's the two years after that. So I was doing some quick math. Buddy would be making about 39.1 million over the next two seasons after this year. Would you guys be comfortable with paying him that, especially considering, you know, Colin Sexton still on the roster or would you punt on Sexton and completely focus your financial attention on buddy? And then eventually what you pay Darius as well. Danny, you take this first. So I, I'm comfortable paying buddy that kind of money just because I don't think his skill set's ever going to be one that's going to turn whatever contract he's on into a bad deal. As long as he can 
play at his career average level, he's got the most valuable skill right now for a guy his size in the NBA, and that's three-point shooting, to where if you've got a guy that can shoot 40% from deep at a high volume, you're, you're essentially, as an NBA team, that price is just going to continue to rise and rise and rise and rise. Like five years from now, the contract Buddy Heald is currently on is going to look like a steal, especially once, you know, new TV deals are worked out and the cap jumps again, I'm sure, which it will. It's going to look more than okay. So this is the one kind of player that I'm incredibly comfortable paying. If you would have asked me, and maybe the answer has changed now because of how this season has gone, but I would have been more comfortable with Buddy Heald's contract staring at that this summer than signing Jarrett Allen to the extension he's gotten. Now, I realize Allen's been fantastic, but it's just the positional, how long guys last at certain positions. I have much more fear of paying a center $100 million than I do paying Buddy Heald his contract. And that's yeah. doesn't that's ring fair. true now because obviously Jarrett Allen's been awesome and he's still young and he's still growing and getting better. But I just think because shooting is such a valuable skill that it's it's worth basically – it's worth what Buddy Heald's making. Here's a here's just one option for how this could work just because of the, the money that has to go out. And I'm going to ask you guys – uh, if you would, if you would at least consider this, I don't want to say yes or no. You would necessarily do this because it's there's a lot to think about here. But one salary combination that works for the Cavs to trade for Buddy Hield would be Markkinen plus Osman, and you could do that for Hield. Pro- Cavs <sighs> Kings are probably asking for some kind of other compensation. Maybe the Cavs like bring back like one of the other wings like on on the Kings roster, like maybe Mo Harkless. May, like he, I don't know if he'd work, but like you could bring back someone else uh, under that four point two million number that they have with the Drill McGee trade exception that hasn't been used yet. It's like you, there, there's some things you could do in theory to, to perhaps go that way. But would you guys consider Osman plus marketing, maybe like a second round pick for, for, for buddy? Would you, would that be something you would entertain seriously? I would, I would at least think about it. Like it's not a get the phone call and then immediately hang up. It's not that kind of, thing yeah. for me like i'm going to listen to that offer i don't know that i'm accepting it and lowry marketing has certainly been better than i expected um this might be an unpopular opinion right now because of how good he's played but i'm very open to trading jetty osman um oh I uh, yeah i there's three untouchable guys on this team and their names are evan mobley jared allen and darius garland sure exactly yeah i i agree with daniel that if this was the beginning of the season I'd say yes pretty quickly because I was pretty down on Jetty and I also was not a huge fan of the marketing acquisition at the time. But now I would at least still consider it because like you said, Chris, no one is truly untouchable. And if you can make a move to genuinely upgrade this roster by consolidating some of the pieces you've accumulated up to this point, sure, why not? But is Buddy Healed worth cutting two pieces of your rotation out for? It's just the question I kind of get hung up on. Yeah, I... I think that if the Cavs are going to make trades in this season, I think we are going to have some kind of thing where the rotation has to be adjusted. Some, I just think that's the reality of it. And I could see, um, I could see them talking themselves into it. I, I could, but I also like, I would, I would wonder what the JV Bickerstaff opinion on this is. That now, right. if you brought back like Mo Harkless, like you said, or another wing player to kind of soften the blow a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think I'm a little that, more on board. Yeah, Harkless hasn't been good, which is, I guess, like part of the thing here is like he has not been good for them this year. And, um, you know, I, I think like you'd kind of maybe want to, you know, I, I think like, I think like sniffing around a little bit to perhaps find like 
another wing and another like with that trade exception that they have could be like a more realistic way to kind of do this but what this this is this is a maybe for me i mean let's leave it at that i think that's a buddy would be a maybe all right after the break we're gonna get into cam reddish who we've talked about a little bit on the show but i think we're gonna we're gonna let danny cook a little bit here but evan you got to tell everyone first about our friends at Truebill. i do guys did you know that free trials were new without your consent it's a business scam out to get you do not and i mean do not like greedy corporations, pocket your money, download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions today. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply just forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has saved over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million combined. So, if you want to get in on this and no longer fall for subscription scams, start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you literally thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Also going to tell you about our friends at BetOnline who have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing and UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline. And that's where the game starts again. Promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. All right. Cam Reddish up next. Danny, give me your, give me your Cam Reddish thoughts. I really like Cam. I like Cam Reddish now more than I actually liked him coming out of Duke. Um, in that 2019 draft, I believe it was, he was selected 10th overall by the Hawks. He, he fell, he was overshadowed at Duke as part of that, Zion um, class that that they put together with him and RJ Barrett. They were, you know, the the three biggest names in college basketball that year, obviously. But I think that in limited action with the Hawks, Cam has shown that he's going to continue to improve as an NBA player. And I think that's really where the biggest opportunity for the Cavs is right now is you're, I don't want to say buying low on a guy because that makes it sound like he isn't playing well, but you're buying in on a guy that, isn't getting the opportunity that he probably deserves at this point in his career. I mean, he's in his third year. I believe he's got career highs in shooting numbers as far as percentages go, and he's playing only 22 minutes a game. And this is essentially because, you know, if you're the Hawks, you you can't be upset at this because they've drafted really well. Um, drafting Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter certainly looks like a hit. Um you know, Onyeka Okongwu, still the jury's out on him, but there's not really a positional overlap there. Kevin Herter's been a hit. Trey Young, obviously, is a superstar in the backcourt. So there just aren't a lot of minutes to go around for a guy like Cam Reddish when you combine the Bogdanovich and the Gallinari signings that they had a couple summers ago as well. So it, he's a guy that needs more opportunity. And when he gets that opportunity, I think he's certainly a candidate to be one of the, I, I don't want to call him a breakout star, 
but he's someone that has a breakout in front of him coming wherever he plays basketball next, because I really don't think it's going to be the Hawks. I think that while we already talked about Buddy Heald and how available he very clearly is in Sacramento, um, Cam Reddish is a guy that I would be very surprised if he's still on Atlanta this time next year. Evan. Yeah, I'd be surprised too, because I think a lot of it is the financial aspect of it because they have Trey Young's extension. They have John Collins extension kicking in. They have to sign Bogdanovich to an extension. Eventually they really want to run this thing out as far as they can. I think they just signed Capella mm-hmm. to a deal. Yeah, they, too. they, 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 me they had, a, like, had, a, had already signed an extension before he came to Atlanta. And they, they added on some money in years on top of that. So it's unfortunate. And I think this is a good case study for Cavs fans to look at. Like, why doesn't Kobe Altman try to accumulate as many picks as possible and take as many bites in the apple in the top 10 or 15 in the draft every year? Eventually you're going to have to come paying for a lot of these players. And I think the Cavs are going to have that uncomfy conversation too, when it comes to like Colin Sexton or Isaac Okoro or some of these guys that are key pieces, but aren't necessarily the main three of Garland, Mobley and Allen. Or do we want to pay these guys what they're looking for? Or do we want to kind of ship them off to another team? So it's an interesting thought exercise. I really like Cam Reddish as well. I really like his fit and theory with Cleveland. I think if he started for the Cavs, he would be a pretty big shot in the arm for them. I think that'd be a good talent play for them. I just wonder if the Cavs are hesitant to pay him like Atlanta is because the Hawks are an Eastern Conference finalist last year. I mean, there's a reason why they got there. A lot of people feel like they weren't talented enough to get there. Maybe they can't repeat that this year because just Brooklyn and the rest of the East have naturally gotten better this season. But I wouldn't be opposed to the Cavs acquiring Cam Reddish. I was high on him. I know the Cavs are high on him, period. They flirted the possibility of taking him fifth overall, but then ended up going with Garland in that draft. But I know they they pick in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Sean... Sean Coleman, he's coming for your guy, Joe, and I'm not going to take any prisoners with me. But I wouldn't hate getting Cam Reddish. I think I'd like that a lot more than Buddy Heal. But again, a lot of it comes down to finances because then the Cavs have to have that uncomfy conversation of, okay, we gave up assets. We, as in the Cavs, gave up assets to acquire this guy. Clearly, they're going to commit to him financially long-term if they're going to do that because I think that's such a – asset mismanagement if they just acquire Cam Reddish and let him walk in free agency next offseason. So then you have to ask yourself the hard question, okay, how much money are you going to pay Isaac Okoro or Colin Sexton or, I mean, Kevin Love, if you want to get really freaky with it, is extension wow, eligible we're going well there. Uh, Rubio, Evan, so. Evan just out here just, just looking, you know. Hey, man, I wouldn't be opposed if – we talk about Tristan Thompson playing out the twilight of his career after he's bought out by Sacramento. If Kevin Love signed a small extension to retire a Cavalier, I don't and think I'd what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what, what a 180 from conversations that everyone top, had this top, summer. Top 10 all-time Cavs scorer, Kevin Love, folks. We're, yes, yes. The, the big, uh, is, big night for yeah. him last night. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. You mean you mean Saturday? No, it, it's it really Tuesday. Was. It's yeah, Tuesday. exactly. Tuesday. Well, he could have had a big Tuesday. night on Monday, too. Well, they don't play Monday. Yeah, well, I mean, what watching Sunday? He had a, he had a big night Sunday. Watching Monday night football, he had a big night yeah, watching the Vikings. Really, game. really, really into Nick Mullins. Just really into Nick Mullins. Um, hey man, I asked JB if Kevin could play quarterback for the Browns on Monday, and he looked at me deadpan and said, "If you wanted to throw a few interceptions, sure." I'm like, 
Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, moving on. Cam Reddish, as Dandy alluded to, uh, he is having a good three-point shooting year. Career best, thirty-seven point seven on four point two attempts. Here's here's where the, it gets interesting. Catch and shoot attempts, which is thirty-two percent of his shots, according to NBA.com, for a scorching forty-five point two percent on catch and shoot threes this year. Nineteen point four on pull-up threes. So. Big difference there. You'd obviously like him to take more catch and shoot. I think he would seemingly like to add a little more off the bounce stuff to his game. In thinking about this, I tend to think that the the financial part of it is the hesitation here too. But here's here's the is the reality of it. He is extension eligible after this year, and he will have um, another year in his contract, and then he would go into restricted free agency. He's a guy that I think if you were to trade for him. It would be worth kind of like he's not at the level, and I think this will be the case with a core or two ultimately. And we're there with Sexton, obviously, because they couldn't come to a deal, and he's you know like injured, and he'll hit RFA this summer. He can take the qualifying. He, you could run this out. I I think like yes, like you you at least have a good relationship with his agency, which is clutch. The Cavs do, I think, have a good like mm-hmm. working relationship. The Darius is obviously another clutch client. They, kid, I think you could reasonably like run that out. Be and and probably admit, like walk that tightrope if you wanted to. Well, you have a legitimate trial period because yeah, I like think you have, so many yeah. of these cases where guys and you know maybe we will see this next summer with Colin Sexton. So many of these cases where there becomes friction between between the team and a player when they don't get extended is when it's been the case with the organization that drafted you. I, I think you have to be more understanding on on from if you're the agency or the player here is. Okay, this I've I've only been with this team for five months, as would be the case if they were to trade with Cam Reddish. You have to be a little more understanding about why they didn't give you an extension right away. Now, if you're a superstar player, or even you know, if you look back like the Kristaps Porzingis situation where he got extended in Dallas really before long, I think that's a little different when you're expected to be, you know, the the second piece of a two-headed monster as compared to a high-end role player, which the Cavs would expect Cam Reddish to be. Um, so I, I think that you have that runway to really see what Cam Reddish's worth is. And even if you don't necessarily extend him and have him as a Cav for the next six seasons, if you have him for a year and a half, how big of an asset mismanagement is it? It is a mismanagement of assets, but is it colossal? I don't necessarily think so, because even if – you can tell that it's not working out and you can tell that sides were very far apart. The Cavs would have the opportunity again to trade him. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and two, I That's think fair. it depends on what you would give up. So like if the, the sure. tricky part yes, about this obviously. is like his money is a little bit too big to get into the uh, trade exception or the Miggy exception, which would make this like really easy. So I, and the almost honestly, like the easiest way to do it in terms of like what you Atlanta would want back in their salary situation too was like try to stack up some of these like really like small non guaranteed deals and send them out and like just starting the twenty first, you know you could trade uh, you have to get up to four point five million with you so it's not exactly like easy but like you could do go try to go that way and do this or get involved in a three team it's just like even though it's not a lot of money it's just like the Cavs are very tight on the cap where this is trickier than you might think. But if you could stack up like some of the moves or like I, you know, I was talking to Brad Rowan from Lockdown Hawks about this in theory. And he said like Atlanta, if they're going to trade him would, because DeAndre Hunter is injured this year. And like that, this is kind of a team that has a window to some degree right now. You would think they would want to get something back in return. So like, you know, would this be like a, like do you flip like Atlanta did have interest in Jetty um, when the Kyle Corver trades going on. They had interest in him as a 
as a prospect. I, you know, I don't know if like the league as a whole is like as is as into Jetty Osmond right now as they might have been a couple of years ago. Um, you know, but could could you do some stuff there to kind of, you know, make that kind of your centerpiece, like you know Osmond and Windler for for Reddish and you know whatever. But like that doesn't exactly work. The Hawks have to cut some money too. I like I don't even know if how all this would exactly work. This is one of those things where like it's a lot of trial and error in, in the trade machine. But it's. It's interesting, and I do think the Cavs, as evidence, I think have genuine interest in Reddish, but the price would be sort of interesting. Okay, after the break, we're going to get to Karis LeVert and uh, any other kind of miscellaneous maybe names we can throw out there. There's one that Danny didn't put on his list, so I'm going to throw at him, and, and we'll see what he says. But first, got to tell everyone about our friends at Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile is A, awesome, and B, they want to remind you that you listen to podcasts for saving you listen to po- podcasts for the power of knowledge. Like, if you listen to Lockdown Cavs, you want to know all about the Cleveland Cavaliers. So you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. You get the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power too. With all that money you'll save, you gain all the knowledge you'll gain. How powerful are you going to become? It, you're going to become infinitely powerful. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. That's Boost Mobile. Disclaimer. Free phone limited to new customers, one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers slash coverage not available everywhere for all phone slash networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Okay. Karis LeVert, Danny. This is the one that I sort of like almost find the most interesting because Levert would be a guy that kind of, he's obviously not like old, old yet, but he's a little more mature than the core where, you know, Allen's 23 Garland and, and, and Mobley are just kind of getting started here. He's a little older, but, and he's, you know, the shooting has never quite come in the way that you wouldn't necessarily want to fully believe in him. Right. It's never been a thing that is fully actualized, but here's a guy that if you're looking at of the three guys, I think is the most proven ball handler. Mm-hmm. Of, of the three guys we're going to talk about today would clearly fill a need that the Cavs have in terms of just like, they need someone other than Darius to handle the ball. Rubio has obviously done that, but he's unrestricted end of the year. And, you know, I think they would like to maybe bring him back, but we'll see where that ends up. Lavert would be a guy that just adds another playmaker and another guy to handle the ball that can score on his own. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's another one where it's tricky. Like in Indiana obviously has motivation to sell right now. It doesn't seem like they're going to bottom out, but perhaps they're willing to, move some stuff around and, and reshuffle their deck a little bit. And maybe you could get them and in, in, in get him. And, and look, there are injury concerns with Levert too. has, you know, had missed a ton of time with injuries, obviously had a cancer scare, um, which, you know, we should hold against him in that one. But like the injury stuff is, is a concern. I'm intrigued by Levert. Even if I am, there is still some healthy skepticism sure. on my part, but it, it, he is also, we should note signed at the end of this year and through next year. So if you did make a move for him, it is not like you're committing, crazy amounts of your future to him like it, it is maybe you maybe hurt your if it doesn't go well like you kind of hurt yourself in the short term but it is not like a long-term massive blunder so to speak so let me ask you this is your skepticism more so on his skill set because i can certainly understand that with the shooting not being yeah. where you it's would the, want it yeah or, it's, it's I, or I didn't know if it was the injury 
um, it's 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 both. I mean, because it's both. I I understand both sides of it. Um, like actually, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. You know, in a past life, I used to cover the Minnesota Timberwolves. The first ever game I covered was when Karis LeVert dislocated his ankle. Like it's yeah. So it's been freak stuff like that, and you know, we had the leg injury at Michigan, the stress fracture in his back, which that's not freak stuff. And then you yeah. mentioned the cancer scare, which I think is very unfair to hold against him. That's just yes, that you can't predict that. Um. The skill set stuff, I think there is some good and some bad. The fact that, Chris, you mentioned he's the most, um, probably the best ball handler, at least the most experienced ball handler, guys that I wrote about, that is certainly a pro because you need another one, um, I think, at this point. When Darius Garland's not on the floor and Ricky Rubio's not playing at an MVP level like he was very early in the season, the the Cavs' offense just isn't good enough. Um, I think... So the way I look at this from a Cavs point of view is this Cavs defense is a very real thing to they're you know, one of the best defenses in the league with good reason. And the Cavs offense, I think their ability to stay around league average, maybe bump a little bit above league average depends on Darius Garland basically playing at an all-star or even slightly above an all-star level. And the addition of Levert, I think, would kind of increase that buffer a little bit to where maybe Garland doesn't have to be as great on a night-to-night basis. And Chris, you mentioned the the Drew Holiday guarding Darius Garland a few weeks back when the Cavs played the Bucks for the first time. Obviously, on Saturday night, um, Holiday didn't play, so it was really no issue for Garland. But it's in those types of matchups where, okay, maybe that's the case. This is where Karis Levert can kind of thrive. Um, the Cavs are missing that guy, and I think Levert could be that guy. Certainly, while he doesn't provide the outside shooting that a Buddy Heald or a Cam Reddish would, uh, he provides a different skill set that the Cavs do need as well, maybe just it, not as sexy of a skill set. Yeah, it, it's it's tough for me. I, I personally would like the Karis Levert acquisition, but a lot of it, because like you said, um, he does check a lot of boxes of what the Cavs kind of need because Olympic Ricky Rubio isn't the thing. We're seeing him kind of fall back to the norm, come back down to earth, play like the player he was last year from Minnesota, which is kind of what I expected. I think he's been a pleasant surprise either way this year, but if he's not playing at that, like you said, MVP caliber level, and if Darius Garland's having an off night, the Cavs really don't have a lot. Like they have to lean on Jetty Osman or hope maybe Evan Mobley can somehow just pull out another trick that none of us saw coming at this point. But the Cavs will kind of fall apart if they don't really have like that's where they miss Colin Sexton the most in yep. this regard because he relieves some of the offensive pressure or the defensive pressure that Darius Garland can face on a night to night basis. And if the Cavs are serious about the season, if they really want to make a push to go all in on this year and say, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go for the playoffs. We're really going to gun for it. We're going to avoid the play in all together. We're going to try and get into the second round at least because I don't think the Cavs are an Eastern Conference finalist or an NBA finals team. Just caught take on wow. my part. But Karis Levert would make a lot of sense. It's just it's it's the money aspect again. Like in terms of talent, like, yes, this makes a ton of sense for the Cavs. I'm I know there are concerns about the shooting. I know people are concerned about like the injury thing, I think, is what I'm more concerned about. He's elite in the corner this year, and I think him just kind of not getting along with Rick Carlisle and the Pacers coaching staff and him just kind of not getting along with his teammates in Indiana in general. Just 
I think a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. And I think a team like Cleveland might be one of those scenarios where it could do a lot of good. He's really close with Jared Allen. This is a Cavs team that just, I think the good vibes are just all around. I think it's kind of infectious. So they brought a guy in. Hopefully you get a guy who buys into this, what they're kind of building to. And I think Karis LeVert would be that, especially because he has that mutual connection with Allen as well. It's just tough though, money wise to make it work because I don't know, like, I guess like Lowry marketing would be the baseline of what you give up. And I don't know if that's enough to intrigue Indiana. Like I floated this hypothetical to Chris, um, like if the Cavs really wanted to get freaky with it, they could go get Jalen Brown in this scenario. But like, I don't know if the Pacers necessarily just want Lowry marketing and like a protected first round pick or one of the two second rounders the Cavs have this year, just to kind of as a baseline of the trade. Lavert. You could do uh, what sex? It's like Sexton and Osmond for him. You could do Rubio for him. You could do marketing. Like you have ways to get there. Like if if Love, like if in a different world, like Love could be like Levert and like TJ Warren coming back. But like TJ Warren hasn't played this year. Like Kevin Love's kind of been good for you. Like there, there's some thinking things. I, the thing with Le- kind of been good. I'm okay, Kevin. Okay, Cavs PR, calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> 35.9% on catch and shoot this year for Lover. 20 26.2% on pull-ups. He's a guy that I wonder if you bring him in, if you have his shot die like change to some to some degree. Like because Brooklyn handled the ball a decent amount off of those two point guards. Indiana is, is what it is, but it's like he's taking a lot of pull-ups. He's never gonna like maybe like be an off-ball guy in the way that like healed is clearly like the off-ball guy of this group, right? Healed would be the guy that you could like run off screens and and do some of that stuff. Levert would be a little bit different. I think him as a catch and shoot guy off like could help juice him. But it's also like there was a thing with him in Brooklyn where it's like he was better on catch on pull up threes than he was catch and shoot threes. Like maybe that was just like fluky, but like that was like a statistical weirdness in, in his profile. Um, I would be fascinated to see like if one of the things I think is just most interesting about all of these is that like theoretically Sexton could be like a chip for you to use. But he's on this. He's on an injury, coming off and going to be coming out of injury and do a contract extension, and that like muddles some of this. You know what I mean? Like that just muddles this in a way that is complicated. Um, it's just like finding trades for them is like harder than like I think people would like. This is Evan and I have said this before. And it's not two K, where you can just like tap a guy and be like, find me trades for player X, and you there like it is not going to manifest itself in that way. I think it is also just worth wondering, like, okay, are the Cavs hell-bent on all-in on this season? Or could they be in a world where, like, they're going to still be a little bit patient and, like, maybe, like, the off is, like, the off-season when Sexton could be signed and traded and they're not hard-capped anymore with the market because the market was a sign-and-trade acquisition, so they're hard-capped right now. So there are, like, some, like, weird little financial things they have to consider. The off-season, that loosens up a little bit. Like maybe some you see where you kind of stand after full season. Maybe then you go aggressively, and and it, like, I I just wonder what how aggressive they might be because I don't think we know, and I think they're very close to the chest on a lot of this stuff in a way that makes it hard hard for me to actually gauge, you know. Um, and like I you know like, again like they're ahead of I think if you ask them to they're ahead of schedule, and is it prudent to go all in on a season where you're ahead of schedule? And things are still like I don't. I just there's a lot of like complicatedness with this that I think is interesting. Danny, I'm going to give you one name that you didn't write about that I've so, I've kind of wondered. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. I think it's worth noting that with all of these guys, it's not necessarily going all in for this season. 
Um, no, it's correct. Be, because it's correct. these are guys that you mm-hmm. could certainly see. And I know Karis LeVert, it's a little bit complicated because he's 27 right now. So he's certainly closer to or in his prime, certainly closer to the end of his prime than the rest of your roster. But it's not as if, oh, it didn't work out this year. It was a failure. Um, and I well, think and, that, and, and, and I'm not saying you were saying no, that, no, but no, I think no, that's something well, no, that no. does but need that's to be also how That's also how NBA rosters tend to work. Is like you will have like you have like your couple of young core guys, then you have a bunch of guys who are like a little bit older. That's sure. how this will shake out to some degree. Like it is very rare that you have a team that all sort of ages up together. Because again, like yes. as we've said a bunch in the show, like the money just becomes a, exactly a problem. exactly it becomes a problem. Um, the name that you did that we didn't talk about that I just want to ask your take on Terrence Ross. Um, so Terrence Ross, I left on the cutting room floor. Actually, I, I think okay. that he's almost more of a bargain bin version of these guys, if that makes sense, um, to where I think that the acquisition costs would be cheaper for him. Um, I've not looked at his contract at this point with signed uh, through it's he's signed through next year. And that's where I wondered if like, if there's like a jetty Terrence Ross, like would Ross be like a, just an upgrade on the, on the Osmond minutes. I do think it would be an upgrade. I think obviously a veteran presence, um, that he would provide is, you know, he's got 10 years in the NBA or nine years in the NBA right now. Um, someone that's going to be turning 31 in a couple months. Um, I think it would be an interesting fit. I don't oppose it. I do think of the the guys that I mentioned, he would have the lowest acquisition cost, which certainly is a good thing for the Cavs. If you're not hell bent on going all in um, this year, next year, I think it's certainly something worth looking at given the correct cost. So I, I'm not opposed to it. Um, he he doesn't necessarily bring that shooting aspect that some of the other guys on the list do. And uh, I, I think he's a little bit – he's similar to Karis LeVert in some senses. Um, but it, I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but I don't hate it. If that, that's a long way of saying it's, it's okay. Evan, any final thoughts as we get out of here? Uh, I don't hate the Terrence Ross acquisition either. I just think the problem is the Cavs might be competing with a lot of contending teams trying to get him as well because he is not really playing for Orlando this year. And I think he makes a lot of sense on a lot of teams that are gunning for the playoffs or trying to win a championship. So the Cavs, that just might be the only issue for Cleveland if they go after Ross. Yeah. Um... <sighs> Also, it's still wild to think that the Lakers could add Buddy Buckets, and I think they would have been so much better off with him. And then, and the so Lakers need a lot of things to. to I the butterfly effect of like them having Caruso and oh, Buckets and so many players, just like Ty Windish is like really opened my eyes to this. That and the Pelicans fumbling the Lonzo Ball trade. It makes me sad. I, I think about, still like, don't there's, understand. There's there's a world with like they could have LeBron, Demar Derozan, Anthony Davis, Buddy Heald, and Alex Caruso as their starting. I don't know year. if they still would have had Caruso because financially it might have been tough for them if they really didn't want to go that deep into the luxury tax for him. But I don't understand picking Russ over Buddy. Like I, I get that it's a big name and you know a whole lot of triple doubles and maybe the aspect of oh he can carry the load in the regular season so LeBron doesn't have to play as hard, sure. But Buddy Heald would have made that team a much, I, I think personally, a much be- bigger threat to win a title. Yeah, I also got a I got a yep. big kick this week out of uh, there's like a the Jake Fish Jake Fisher who's very very good and perhaps my favorite NBA like newsbreaker to to read or not because he kind of cuts through a lot of noise let's say um 
he basically was like he like wrote basically wrote that he called the Cavs and was like you know you have interest in Russ and they were like no I'm like yeah no shit no shit like they wouldn't do like love and like another piece to, for Russ just to just to give like I'm like this no like no 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 no, no. we're not we're not it's got a kick out of of this because who's trading for Russ like icon but who's trading for Russ anyway the Cavs not, are not, not the Cavs for Russ. the Cavs are not trading for Russ but they could trade for one of Buddy Heald Cam Reddish. Or Carousel over Danny, if you had to rank them, what would your order be? I would probably go uh, Cam one, Buddy Heald two, Carousel over three. Devin, do you have a ranking? I agree with Danny's rankings. I I I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I might I might go Levert one. But I don't oh, feel come. like. I just like the ball handling. I just think the ball handling would be such like a needed thing off of Garland. Like I just watched I just have like PTSD from watching the second half of that Kings game when they like didn't have another guy to like just relieve pressure. And I was just like, Oh, you clearly need someone else besides Darius who can like handle the ball. And like Buddy's not gonna do that. And I don't know if Cam's like good at that. Um but I I also don't know if I have like a clear sense like I also almost like don't know if I feel that that if this makes sense that there is a big difference between any of these guys and to some degree, I like what is going to make this team work is Garland Mobley and Allen. And it's mm-hmm. about like finding the right mix around them. And you could probably talk me into any of these options. If we're being honest, that's fair. At the end of the day though, I think I'd rather just wait till this. I, I agree. Season when the Cavs yeah, are hard I agree. And then they maybe really try to go all in and try and get in on the Jalen Brown sweepstakes. Yeah. 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 Or if Brandon Ingram yeah. gets disgruntled enough in New Orleans, the Cavs are like, listen, Griff, you don't know how to manage assets. Well, he, might, so here, take he, our he might not be there anymore. That, he might, that phone call might not be to, to be. Bro, he should have been fired yesterday, but he's still there. So maybe he's just really good at playing the piano and the he's Saints really, are still he, playing. He also Gale is like, Taysom Hill's great, Gail. I don't know what you're talking about. Taysom Hill's an NFL quarterback <laughs> who can lead an offense. That contract's great. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, in a, in a city of two professional sports teams, it's he's lucky that they're the third most liked one. <laughs> yeah, shouts to shouts to LSU for, uh, for for taking the heat off. Shouts to the Brian Kelly uh, era. If, if Brian other. Kelly wouldn't have pronounced "family" with a Southern accent, would Griff still have his job? <laughs> it's a big sliding doors moment, honestly. The thirty, it, it 30. truly is thirty. The shots to Brian Kelly for just hamming it. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, anyway. Danny Cunningham, check him out at ESPN Cleveland. Check him out at WKYC. You might be watching this video on WKYC. Hopefully you are. But um, until next time, we'll be back ahead of tomorrow's Cast Celtics game for that. Uh, and that whatever whatever that's going to entail, considering where we are in the world right now. But until next time, I'm Chris. That's Evan. That was Danny. Have a good one. Please hit subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already.